Hello, legends. Welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. Today, I catch up with Cub member Graham Shannon, the founder and CEO of National Sign Build, a corporate signage manufacturing company with a national presence. Since starting his business at the age of 23, Almost 30 years later, Graham is now an industry leader with the lessons and battle scars to show for it. And Graham shares many of those lessons with us today, including losing everything and starting from scratch, team culture and retention, and much more. It's a fantastic conversation. Enjoy the show. Graham, after reading your... uh, prep sheet. I thought, wow, Graham is really, really interesting. He has been in a major motorcycle accident. You love salsa dancing. And as a Mexican, or at least half a Mexican, I love that too. Can't do it, but I like watching it. And you almost started a, a professional career in golf, yet you ended up in owning a national commercial signage business. How, how did that happen? Uh, yeah, well, I fell into signage actually. I, at school, um, I had dreams. I wanted to build. I wanted to build houses. I wanted to be a builder, and I started an apprenticeship in, in um, some cabinet making and a little bit of carpentry work. And back well, thirty years ago, safety wasn't a, wasn't a huge thing back then. And um, I fell sick one day, and um, I, I had a bit of time off work. And a mate of mine was manufacturing signage. He said, "Come in and check out what we do," because he knew that I loved using my hands. So I've walked into this factory, and I saw this. I saw this old gentleman from Uruguay and he was, he was, he was uh, blowing glass and it was traditional neon. And then I looked around the factory and all these guys were manufacturing all this detailed signage and metal fabrication and they were doing all these wonderful things. I thought, oh my gosh, look at this. This is unbelievable. I've never seen this before in my life. So I just fell in love with it. And then a week later I was working there. So. Was it more – was it the kind of artesian aspect of it that you, that you liked, the fact that there were these people doing this specialist – you know, kind of specialistic type, like blowing glass, you know, for example. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. Because, I, I mean, at school I was drawing. I love to freehand draw and I would draw stencils for my teachers and I wanted to be a police artist actually at school. Um, back then it was just traditional, you know, pen on paper or pencil on paper until computers come in and um, uh, so that sort of changed all that. I wasn't, I wasn't very tech savvy um, and it wasn't a big thing. So I just – I loved just using my hands and, and – you know, the creative aspect and, and the art aspect um, of that. So, How interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, at school, I mean, I was – I loved all of those hands-on things, woodwork, metalwork. I really excelled in anything outdoors, so. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, and what's yeah, a so. police artist? So you draw like uh, Daniel Hakim, he's been arrested. That's like, right. And someone is describing what, what he looks yeah. like and you're just, you know, quickly sketching something up. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shady looking guy, half Lebanese, half Mexican. He's <laughs> That's him. Um yeah, that's so that's very interesting. Started. And so, so from school, you, you've realised you you um, you love hands on art. You really, you're quite artistic, and, and, and you can build things. You discover signage, and 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 how long did it take you to actually start um, start a company? Uh, three years. Three, oh, wow. three real quick. Yeah, real quick. Um, so there was one aspect of the industry back then that was a very niche industry which is what they call fabricators so you we would make illuminated letters out of plastic and then they would put the traditional neon inside those letters and 30 years ago that's that's all you used to see a sky signs on a building um now leds are coming in and changed everything so but that that traditional aspect is still there of handcrafting a letter that's still there today um so that's what i actually fell in love with fell in love with doing so um and that was a little bit of a niche market so the, the employer at the time um I watched the business grow from that aspect, so I thought, "Oh wow, I'm the lead person here doing this. So I must be must have some sort of skills." Um, so I've just I basically took those skills skills and just started working in the backyard at home while I was working for him, and just it just grew from there. And but so you started your business, uh, your first business. From what I understand, there's been two. So you started the your first business at the age of 23. 23, yes. And so you're, you're literally saying that you were running another – well, you were basically managing another signage, an existing signage business and you decided, you know what, I can do this on my own and you had the courage to, yeah, to step correct. out. Yeah, yeah. I just saw, saw a little niche there. I saw that business grow from that aspect 
Um, and that's where all the dreams just started from then. Even then I wanted to be uh, number one in the industry. I wanted to be the best of, of the best of what we did. Um, and it's just all grown from there. Uh, even, even guys I worked with back then still work with me today. And how many years stuff. later is it now? Oh, it's 20, 28 years, 28 wow. years. And yeah. you now own a, a national commercial signage business. You're, the, the goal is to be the number, still to be the number one in the industry? Still or? to be number one. We're, we're probably in the, top, in the top 10 manufacturing, corporate signage manufacturing companies right now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's a lot of new, new ones that come and go, um, but we've been around that long. Um, so... Uh, and, and the company's called National Sign Build. Is there something that you specialise in particularly or is it uh, any kind of commercial signage? So we mainly specialise in corporate rollouts. So um, we specialise a lot in the finance sector, um, retail banking. Um, we, we do a, a lot in that area. But we also work with, with T1 builders so it's not uncommon for us to do a full residential plus commercial fit out for a high-rise building uh, from top to bottom, inside and out, uh, wayfinding, statutory um statutory is a bit painful but um what, what, so what do you mean by fit out is the, the sign all the signage for an entire yeah. building, not the fit out of the building the, the whole signage well the, the signage fit out of the yeah. building correct from from re- retail right through to residential and when you say like financial institutions or banks or whatever it is so you're saying like an nab or of the like would come to you guys be like hey we're you know we're we're revamping our we've redone our logo we're revamping uh, 500 branches we need someone to have all the signage completed with our logos and all that type of Correct. stuff on the outside, yeah, and that, that's, that's right. the type of thing you guys go. That's into. right. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Plus, also, we might do a um, restaurant chain. There might be a fashion chain. Um, so, our, our main specialty is the corporate corporate rollouts. Um, personally, I love the one-off bespoke things. Um, the rollouts are all much the same. They're just usually a different different size, but the finish, the specifications are the same. But so me personally, just to keep the juices going and, and uh, that creative aspect of me, I love the one-off. We might get a heritage piece um, where there's uh, some memorability we have to do or there might be a Corton finished, you know, steel plate that needs to stand out of the ground for some reason and that's got to be designed and manufactured to represent some historical feature of a building they're the sort of those one-off bespoke things i love so yeah it's really that creative side of you isn't it yeah yeah it always stands. and yeah. Hey, are you afraid of heights by any chance oh yes it's good you are absolutely yeah but how do you do your job because when i look from my like the view that you can see right now you can see all the big signs at the top of the, the Swiss bank and the JP Morgans and you guys put – I mean, you're not climbing up there yourself and putting them up, are you? In the early days, yeah, I had to go up and do a lot of site inspections. I would not install them myself. Um, I used – people don't know, but I, my legs would just turn to jelly and I was shit scared a lot of the time <laughs> just standing over the building and um, uh, doing a site measure or just inspecting, making sure it's going well and, you know – it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying, still to this day. But luckily I'm in a position now where I don't have to do that. You know, the project managers or the installers or, or site inspection guys will go off and do that. So And so you had to overcome your fears at the beginning, in the beginning stages, before you had all the teams and the staff, you had to, you I had to go up yourself. I that much. Yeah, I definitely haven't. <laughs> I mean, I'm all right climbing up a, climbing up a set, uh, just an eight-foot set of, a set of uh, steps or ladder. I'm okay with that or climbing up a, um, a scaffolding a little bit and that's not too bad but – Hanging over the edge of a building to have a look at something. No, it's uh, definitely not something I, I can say I love doing. <laughs> and tell tell me about your um, upbringing. Where, where are you? Where were you born? Where are you from? So I was actually born in Auburn. Um, early years was um, uh, raised in Wentworthville, um, and then moved out to St Mary's and um, went to school out that way, and then um, then to Penrith, um, and that's basically where I started uh, started the first business and. Um, yeah, so born and born and bred in the West, and and so was business something that was encouraged or or um, taught in your family, or was it something that you've really broken out and gotten into yourself? I don't know. I, I can't really say. I mean, Dad was in security, um, high in security. Did a lot of blue chip companies. Um, Mum worked in a factory a lot of her life, but she did start a business with some girlfriends. She started a netball club. And um, unfortunately, you know, back then um, there wasn't too many rules and regulations and one of the friends and one of the founders actually embezzled the money out of the club. So, so that was the end of that. And I, I don't know whether that was my leading into it. I think it was more… From know, within just, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just wanted a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit more I think out of life. I mean 
Um, Dad left at an early age and mum had, mum had four kids under the age of five. So, I mean, she really struggled and struggled a lot. So, I mean, we had a pretty good upbringing but um, we, we didn't have, you know, new bikes and stuff like that. So, I, I think I wanted a little bit more but then again I wanted to um, – as I mentioned, I, I wanted to build houses and I wanted to be, you know, number one at whatever I did. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're, in, you're, you're only 23. You're in a comfortable job. You're managing this business. You're doing very well at a young age with big ambitions. When you decided to quit, was your family or your mother like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She, are you sure you want to do this, Graham? And I, and I was, yeah, you know, I just love it, Mum. I, I, I just love what they do and what they were creating. And I, I don't know what it was. It was just a light globe moment and I just had to do it. Um, and I just got in and I learnt as much as I possibly could day and night. Um, and then when I went out on my own, it was again, I was, I, was, I was going to that place of employment. And if work had to be done, I was, I was always there to do it. And then I'd go home and just do my own thing. So, um, and that was hard starting out. Um, but I just fell in love with it. I just – I don't know what it was. I just loved everything about it. And I still do to this day like I did back then. So when I see our stuff around Sydney and what we do, I, I get a bit of a kick out of it, get a bit of a buzz. Yeah, that would be cool. Imagine seeing your work up in the sky everywhere you go or like, you know, being able to see just, oh, I did that. That, that. That's me. Everywhere I go, every shopping centre in Australia we've been into to do something. Um, um and you drive around the skyline of Sydney and you think, wow, we did that. Look at that. It looks That's fantastic. So it looks cool. unreal. Yeah. Well, I'm working, on, I'm working on a new one for you. I'm, uh, I reckon within five years uh, I'll be able to put a cab on the top of one of these uh, tall buildings. So I'll, Looking forward to I'll, that. I'll, I'll, I've got to save up a bit. I've got to grow a little bit more. But, but, um, but at least we know where we're getting our signage from. <laughs> and, and so, Graeme, you actually uh, – I mentioned – uh, before that you, this is your second business in the industry. The first one you started at the age of 23, you had a business partner, is that correct? Yeah, I did. I So the first three to four years of that business, um, you know, I started off in a single garage and I went to a double garage and then I went to a factory and, and it, it just grew so fast. And at the time we were wholesaling to the industry and one of the biggest sign companies in, in Australia, we used to supply to them and the CEO just showed up on the doorstep one day and said, um, oh, look, we really love what you guys do. Um, you know, would you consider selling and just working for us? And I was like, nah, not really interested in selling. We're going to be number one one day anyway. So um, happy, to, happy to start a partnership. And um, so that's where it all started. And we had, a, we had a really good, fruitful partnership for about 13 years and it went really, really well. And then I ended up growing um, my company at the time. Um, he was a partner with me and my company, but I wasn't a partner with him and his company. But funny enough, he also had a sign company. Um, so I ended up growing my company or our company to compete with his. And that's when you know, the crack started to unearth and it just wasn't going to work from there. So at the time, his company had won, and I probably shouldn't mention the name, but he won probably one of Australia's biggest blue chip companies that, that had a new logo and they rebranded. Uh, his company actually won that and we were one of the major suppliers of, of a component. At the time, he said to me, oh, look, you know, Graham, we've been doing this for a long time. Why don't you just take it easy, take a bit of a step back? And and um, at that time, I was just on this massive growth and I really wanted to grow it, something fierce. And um, I thought, you know what, yeah, I'll just have a bit of a break. Let's do that. Let's put on a GM. Little did I know that the GM was somebody that, um, well, he took care of all that for me and I was okay with all that but because um, I just trusted him. Cut a long story short, what had happened is is that particular GM was selling signs back to his company um, at below wholesale. And when I found out, I, I just wasn't happy. Um, as not you, happy as you would. As you would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and again, it, it just that was the beginning of the end from there. So it was just it was just a difficult process. Um, it's interesting though because, I mean, it was in the sense a successful relationship for you know over a decade, which by any relationship means is a success. So, you know, yeah. it's hard to get a marriage past 10 years these days, let alone a business relationship. So, I mean, it was successful in that sense, but perhaps the lesson was kind of more, okay, well, you know, as a, I mean, at that point you were a, a young entrepreneur, very ambitious, growing business and the opportunity to partner with a leader in the industry, you know, it does bring you a lot of, um, knowledge, uh, infrastructure and uh, social um, social proof, uh, you know, to, to help you grow yeah. further. So I can understand the appeal to that. But the problem may lie, which what people maybe can, can learn from, is the problem isn't going to be now. The problem is going to be in 10 years 
if you get so large as a business that you start, you know, that the person that you partnered with starts losing their, um, you know, people have egos and people have. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they, if you help someone start and they started taking you over, if you were not someone of the nature that would like people around them to be raised bigger than them, you would certainly be starting to, 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 to kick back. And, and that's what happened. And, and perhaps, I mean, did you have the right contracts in place? Did you have the right, you know? Well, we didn't. Um, but you're right, though. I mean, it was a great, it was a great working relationship, and I wouldn't change anything at all. It's, it's. I've le- there's a lot of lessons learned out of it, and um, I do treasure every moment of it. Um, if, even though we went, it, uh, we went down that sort of legal road, and all these things happened. It was a great, it was a great relationship. Um, what, were, what were the greatest lessons? Would you say? Oh, look, just from the business aspect, I learned quite a lot. Um, so. For me, I did things – I come from the school of hard knocks. I did things the, the difficult way around. With my time over again, I would have changed the way that I'd gone into business with a lot more training, a lot more coaching, um, which I'm sort of thankful again because my daughter's just come into the business and I'm, and I'm training her. So I'm teaching her, you know, some of the right lessons rather than the wrong lessons. So she's, she's learning from dad. So um, Is she listening? Because I know when my old man tried yeah, to teach yeah. me, I was like, nah, you're wrong. I'm going to do it this way. And he was always right. So <laughs> Oh, no, she's like a sponge. She's just taking it all in. She's actually teaching me something. So it's, it's, it's really, really good. So, oh, hey, lucky yeah, me. Loving it. Lo- absolutely loving it. So, um. Yeah, the it was definitely some good lessons there, and um, from that coaching aspect. But like I said, I, I wouldn't change anything. Um, although I ended up just walking away from it all, I'd fought and fought and fought for it, and um, almost spent every single penny I had um, because of my little baby, and I'd started it. So, and I just wasn't going to give up on it. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, um, it didn't work out, and I just thought to myself, look, you know, it's just a job. At the end of the day, so I've, I've walked away from it, debt free, no money. Uh, what am I going to do? And I um, um, worked around in the industry for about 18 months to two years as a general manager and uh, was really, really unsettled. Uh, that was during the midst of the GFC. And the company that I walked into to, to GFC oh, – sorry, to general manage um, was really, really struggling. I turned it around. We had double the profits within within 12 months and he gave me this piddly little bonus and, and it was something like $500 and I was just like – What? What? Is, is this what it's actually like out there? This, this, no, it's not happening. So I just stumbled across a little mum and dad company um, and uh, the company at the time was called Charisma Signs and they were looking to, to sell and get out. It was a pokey little factory, had a couple of little bits of machinery in it. I backed myself, made them an offer. Um, they stayed in the business for, for a little bit and um, we come to, a, come to an agreement and away I went. We just started, I'd started that business and off and running again and here we are 15 years later. Wow, what a story. Isn't that amazing though how much a business owner can just fuck up their, their whole situation by not showing enough gratitude in terms of an adequate financial reward or thank you for someone, you know, for people that, that do great things for them. 100%. Their, their, like yeah. it's just, I don't think you would have stayed anyway. It just, it doesn't sound like yeah, it's in no, your character. I wouldn't have, yeah. But still, you might have stayed another year or something. Like it's, it's worth, it's worth, like sometimes you, you can't, you have to be aware of the, of the, the fact that the people in your business are actually making the business possible. And, you know, so when the business wins, People should win. Like yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the teamwork. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even my even my current um, employees, a lot of them been long term employees. We don't have a high turnover um, of staff. We have the odd sort of two or three, um, but a lot of the management, a lot of the senior guys, um, as I said, I'm still working today. And this employees have been fourteen years, thirteen years, um, ten years. Wow. Um, even management to this day. I mean, everyone's just rewarded. They're paid well. They're recognised. We have great culture. Uh, we have good values, and and I base it everything on that, and and of all those learnings. So and so, what, what's your strategy around leadership then? What what, what do you guys do? What, what do you think causes such a, I guess, a happy workplace? Because I would imagine a lot of other companies that look at you guys, uh, that a competition would think, oh, this is a good place to go uh, poach some staff from, poach some 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 quality uh, uh, talent from. So, but obviously they're staying. So what, what are you doing that's keeping them? I mean, it happens. I mean, they tell me. Um, it happens quite a lot. Um, but they're all loyal. They're all stay. And look, I just think I put it down to 
just being honest um, and, and just letting people have a say, letting people you know, show uh, what they're capable of, giving them, giving them a bit of leeway to, to shine and show their strengths. Um, I'll let everybody have an input um, into you know, their position. We, we brought in a business coach about, well, about a year ago and that really changed the dynamic even more so. Um, I, I, we already had a great foundation but um, bringing in a business coach really changed things up a lot more. Um, and um, what, what, what type of business what – what do you mean by business well, coach? Well, it's more like a system. So we, we brought in the EOS system about, mm-hmm. about a year ago, Mark uh, Denoyer yeah, actually. So, a member of CUP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, I'd, I'd reached out to Mark on, on LinkedIn but then I caught up with Met Cub actually. So it wasn't until we actually met at Cub that I was like, Mark's actually a great guy. I can trust uh, him now. He's, he's a, a member. Guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, um, so that's really changed the dynamic and the culture of the business as well from a, from a lead- leadership perspective, letting people just have uh, uh, yeah, right people, right seat, letting them have a bit of leeway, letting them have a bit of control over their position um, and having input. So um, other than that, Daniel, I think it's more family. You know, I have this sort of family value. I, I hate it even when people do ridiculous amounts of hours. I, I know that they want to because you know, they've got a goal, they're trying to achieve something. Um, but for me, people should be at home spending time with their families. We've all got to work. Um, we've all, you know, got bills to pay and, and um, holidays to go on and, and whatever we do with our lives. So, um, and that's right down to the manufacturing staff as well. So if I see people are doing stupid hours, I, I want to put a bit of a stop to that and, um, you know, they should be at home. Not only that, it just tells me we need more staff when, when people are doing, you know, silly hours. So spending time with family is probably the number one key and I try and push that as much as possible. So it sounds like in that sense you're looking at their lives as a whole and realising that, you know, work isn't the only aspect of, of my team's life. They've got yep. the, the most important aspect perhaps could be their family, which is probably the reason they are working. Mm-hmm. And you, you you need to make sure that's always – that you respect that and that you encourage that to be. Yeah, there. I do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, I've, I'm on my second marriage now, but on my first marriage I, I had two, two young daughters and it was when I was uh, starting the first business and – the business took took me away a lot, so there's a lot of lessons there. So it's it's um, uh, when I when I hear that somebody hasn't been at home to you know spend time with the kids on a hat parade or whatever it might be, you know I think you know just go and do that, guys. Like seriously, you just it's just all it's it's a tough one though because if you do want to achieve very big things, it doesn't matter how whether whether you want to be Hussein Bolt, you want to be the fastest runner, or, or you know, whether you want to achieve great things in business like yourself, it's going to take up majority of your energy and your time in your life. You've only got X number of energy and time yeah. and you can only, fo- you know, you, you you have to choose where you focus it. And the more you focus on the one thing, the more that thing's going to, going to, to happen. And it, it could perhaps be one of the greatest benefits of being a very young entrepreneur. For example, when you started, or even myself now, I don't have anything else other than work. Mm. That is all I all I do. You know, if I I can make my family lunch on Sundays, then I then I do so. But mm. but sometimes I'm tired. That's when I need to sleep so I can work harder. Things. But like young entrepreneurs have the benefit of I can sacrifice the rest of my life and I can just do work. But then obviously as you as you get married and and you have children and that, that a new stage of your life comes, it becomes okay. How do I balance this and and I mean, more often or not, people when they're when they're uh, I don't want to speak for you, but when they're perhaps like yourself, I, I know my my father, uh, me, and I met like probably most of the members. To be completely honest with you, they just lo- that's who they are. That is how they live their life. They love yeah. to work. That's that's yeah. they well, like I'm, to create. Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, it's I still get in trouble every now and again. I'm spending a lot of time at work, so I mean, it does happen. I mean, you just. I mean, you've got things to do and um, as entrepreneurs and, and you're growing a successful bit, I mean, it's not going to do itself, right? You've got to put in the time, you've got to put in the hours, you've got to put in the effort. But to find that happy medium is probably the hardest thing to do, I, I think. Um, but you just, I think you just have to recognise it and realise it and, and just make time for it. And perhaps get to the stage of which you can do that. You know, Correct, perhaps yes. your business is at a stage now where you're 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 also able to have the people in the place and and uh, uh, things operating. It doesn't need to be growing. It I, I know it has uh, large amounts of uh, annual growth because I, yeah. I, I read it, but yeah. but 
uh, it's not growing at 100%, 200% every year where everything's chaos and, mm. you know, you've got to be there all the time. Mm. It, perhaps you've got to just make it to that point. It's kind of a race. Get there <laughs> in time to, yeah. be able to, uh, to be able to have that balance. But also staff and employees, they don't need to put the time that you put in because it's not their position. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're not the entrepreneur or the business owner who needs yeah. to sacrifice a large part of their life in yeah. order to build something yeah. and that's why they get the biggest return from it. Yeah. But the employees don't need to do that much and sometimes as a business owner, I know I struggle with it sometimes, I expect a team to do <laughs> as much as me. I'm like, well, I do that, why don't you do that? Yeah. And and sometimes you've got to remember, well, wait a second, you know, uh, uh, they're committed. Mm. They love what they do and, and this is their business. But there wasn't – they didn't have the same level of sacrifice that you did to get it yeah, that's to right. where it was. I mean it happens in spurts, right, where I could go a whole month or two months where I'm just doing stupid amounts of hours and sometimes I work just as hard today as what I did, you know, back then when I first started. I mean – but for me now, you're right. There's, there's. I got, I got. I like to think I got the right people now in the right positions. Has actually freed me up to do that. So, um, and I think it's well deserved that I can, you know, take a bit of a step back. And as you know, the business leaders and the owners and the entrepreneurs, I think, you know, it's important to strive to get to that that position. Um, it's frustrating sometimes when people look at it, and go, oh, you know. Well, you know nice car and a nice home and all that oh, stuff. Oh, you look easy. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, but what they don't realise is you've got to carry the weight of everything, right? They don't have to pay the, you know, fifty to $100,000 a year in insurances. It's not your, it's not their life or you do something wrong, you can um, you can injure somebody or even go to jail, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, you've got to carry the weight as, as a business owner. So, and it's not a, not it's not always an easy weight to carry sometimes. Um, well, I mean, you can look at the statistics of it. Of all businesses in, in Australia, 62% of them, don't have any employees. Um, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, 62% don't. And only, it would be even less than this. It's on my computer right now I was doing it because we're working on something. But but only 2% will have of all businesses, and it's actually not that many. I think it's something like 50,000. I should actually go check my computer quickly to get the actual stats. I just want to highlight how difficult it is to actually have a successful well, not, you don't want to call it a successful business, but a bigger business because mm. you can have a successful smaller business. So this is the actual statistic. So only 5% of businesses as a whole will have a revenue of greater than $2 million. Only 5% of all businesses. Really? Yeah. And there's actually, mind-blowing. there's actually not that many. So there's only – so of what that 5% makes up – this is going to be rough because I'm adding numbers quickly – 150,000 businesses in the entire country and there's 2.4 million businesses. So there's only 150,000 of the 2.4 million that have wow. a revenue of greater than 2 million. It's a full study on, on wow. businesses in Australia. Check this one out. Only 32,000 businesses have a revenue of greater than 5 million and, and, and actually more 35,000 businesses have a revenue of greater than 10. Wow. So if you've got a revenue between 5 and 10 million, you've got – uh, you're in the smallest category. Sorry, 32,000 businesses have a revenue of between 5 to 10 million and 35,000 businesses have a revenue of greater than 10 million. Jeez, That's oh, of 2.4 million. So the oh. point is if you've grown a successful business, you've definitely sacrificed a large part of your life because yeah. it's not. It's just not easy. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree totally. And um, tell me about your daughter. So what's your strategy uh, as a as a father, bringing bringing um, the daughter oh. into the next generation to, to to run the business. How how are you? Where did you start her? What was her name? Sorry, Jade. Where did you start Jade? And and kind of what's your what's your mentoring strategy? Well, she. she- I thought she was going – when she was 12, she actually said, oh, Dad, I'm going to join the police force. I want to join Highway Patrol and I'm going to come after you. I said, are you, Jade, you can go to your room now because I won't be able to do that when you're 18. So, <laughs> But um, I said, why would you want to do that? She goes, because you don't use your blinkers, Dad. <laughs> so that's a funny little story. And then – She follows the rules. She follows yeah, the rules, that's, yeah. That's, that's what I get from that. So I thought – I mean, she went really well at school. I thought – I mean, she wanted to be um, – she wanted to uh, – joined the police force. I thought she was going to be a doctor or a lawyer or something. And um, it, she just came in one day and she goes, oh, was it reminding me of me a little bit. So she just came in and, Dad, I really love this. Can I work with you? And I said, are you sure, Jade? Are you sure you want to do this? It's hard work. She goes, yeah, I, I really do, Dad. I want, to, I want to take over the company one day and, um, wow. you know, following what you're doing. And I thought, okay, all right, well, where am I going to start her? Um, 
So I put her up in the office first to work with management and we are just going to feel our way through. She goes, no, 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 I want to actually go downstairs with the manufacturing team. I want to learn everything about all, all of the machinery, all the tools. I want to start at the bottom and work my way up. So she's only been in the company now for about six months and she's still on the tools. She's installing signs at the moment. So, I mean, she's up a scaffold with a hammer drill drilling into reinforced concrete and hanging signs off a building at the moment. So um, really, really proud of her where she's going. But the strategy is to um, just teach her every aspect, you know, from, from, the, from the bottom upwards, uh, put her through as much training as we can. Um, unlike me where, you know, I, I didn't put myself through any educational training in the sense of university or, or – I mean, I did a couple of TAFE courses and stuff, but uh, – so we'll put her through some uh, marketing and, and business management and leadership skills and, and all that sort of stuff um, along the journey. But the plan is for the first maybe five to ten years um, – just keep it down in manufacturing, get her to do some training and learn learn all the aspects. Just, just, she's like a sponge at the moment, so mm-hmm. every opportunity I can get to bring her into a leadership team or, or, or chat to her, you know, it mainly happens around the dinner table. Um, uh, just, yeah, just teach her as much as I humanly possibly can. So, How did that feel when your child said, Dad, I want to take over the business one day? I was a bit taken aback because Jade's tall and – you know, blonde hair and sort of, you know, nice complexion and stuff. And, and I just didn't see Jade as being the manufacturing type. But um, she, I, she, she I didn't just look like the other tradies. <laughs> well, it's not so much of that. Um, got some good-looking guys and girls actually. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's – it's um, I just didn't see Jade doing it. But it's really, really surprised me. I mean, as a father, I never expected that. I never saw that. I never saw that skill. So she's been um, – She's been watching and learning and listening all these years and I, and I didn't even see it. I didn't even pick it. So, um, But she comes to me with these ideas and, and, you know, some of the issues and some of the problems, you know, what do you think about this, Dad? What do you think about that? And that, and I just think, what a great idea. Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. So uh, not everything we implement, um, it's not quite ready, but um, I, I love her thought processes. I love her ideas already. Um, she wants to learn. So it's just we're just throwing her in the deep end and just watching her swim at the moment. So what um, a champion! But yeah, I'm, I'm 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 loving it. Really, really loving it. It's good to know that one day I potentially may be able to you know take a take a real step back um, uh, out of the hot seat and and watch her grow. And one of the cool things about starting and owning a business is that you actually have something to pass on one day. Yeah, like, because I, I mean, in my mind, I don't want to sell. I haven't had I haven't had any. I never wanted to. Um, <laughs> So maybe – and I've never really thought about, you know, selling the company and if somebody had come and made an offer, I'd probably say no anyway. It's just – I just – just in my mind it was always going to be there forever. So maybe subconsciously subconsciously, there was that uh, aspect that, you know, I knew, knew that Jade was going to come in. I don't know. Um, or my oldest daughter, but she's in real estate at the moment so and she's really kicking goals so I, I can't see her coming into the business. But well, never it's, know. it's just a cool concept to think that something you create can outlive you. And then it could even outlive the next generation. And if it keeps, yeah, it's the potential. Like I've, um, I caught up with our member Gareth Cross, uh, their family owns Cross Furniture. Oh, yes, I heard that podcast. The, the business was, uh, how old was it, Laura? Like 100 and, I don't know, it was like a long time. Yeah. And he was talking about how the different generations get handed it and the, the amount of pressure you have to not, you know, to not destroy it and to, to pass it on again, and but also to constantly innovate it to make it relevant. And it's just this amazing – I love business so much, just the, the thought of that and, and thinking of that. I'd like to think it, it can stay a family-owned business even, even beyond Jade. Um, if we can build that sort of legacy, it would be wonderful. I mean, yeah. People would be like, I'm, oh, my great-grandfather Graham started this. Yeah, like it, and the old data entry stuff was in a was in a book, and I've still got my original uh, invoice book and my purchase order book, and I, we used to do all of our um, reconciliation, you know, in in hard copy books and stuff. It was, um, and I've still got those original ones now. So thank God for zero and NYOB, though. Yeah, no, it's so cool to hold those those old things. I, I always try to keep anything like that we create at Cub, um, like in my drawers, just for the future. You don't know, you don't know, you, you know, it, it's going to be something special one day yeah. to, to have that stuff. And I just wanted to circle back. You said that after uh, you, uh, you know, you lost the company, your first company, you had to start from scratch. Now, how old would you have been at that point? Um, well, around uh, 35. Yeah, we're around 35, yeah. Yep. So what was that like? You were, you're, you know, as a 35-year-old man, you're, you, you know, you're, you're in a life, you've been doing well, you, you feel like you're, you're, you're at the top of the industry uh, and then the, the rug gets pulled from you. All of a sudden, you know, you've kind of lost what you've built, um, and you're starting from scratch again. Yeah, what I'll, went through your mind? Oh shit! I was just in such a shit 
spot in my life because I'd just gone through a marriage separation about oh, about eight to twelve months pre that, and so that was that was a little bit difficult. And then to then to go through the the business aspect as well it was it was just a shit time. Um, with a marriage breakdown, at um, you know some property involved, and you know it's cut a long story short, it was it was just a real challenging time, and um, I'd spent a lot of money on legal fees, and I was running out of money real quick, and I just thought if I keep doing this, I'm just not going to have literally anything. So it was a real shit feeling to be honest, Daniel. But I, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't change it. It taught me one. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having partners. It was a good, it was a good relationship, but it, it taught me to. Um, you know the value of of what I actually had, and not to take it for granted. So not that I did take it for granted too much, but it just I guess looking back, it, it taught me that not to trust everything that everybody says as as well. Because I mean, at the time, the partner was let's put it a GM and take it easy and you know, take a bit of a step back. And um, so I guess it taught me. I guess it taught me to listen to myself as well. Because at the time, I was it, it felt a bit. It felt a bit weird that why, why all of a sudden is he coming out and saying this because I was doing a great job with the way the business was going and, and we'd grown it so I'd grown it to where it was and competing with his and it was just a bit sort of surreal that all of a sudden I mean he had an ulterior an ulterior motive to uh, um, you know undermine the business to grow his own so um, it taught me that sort of lesson just to just to not to be too trusting yeah um, perhaps a, a, a great lesson in human nature you know, because yeah. human beings aren't, um, they're human beings. And I, the way I always approach everything is, I mean, people are evolved to survive. They're evolved to think about themselves first. And and if you're better, if you're stronger together uh, and, you know, people are better off being together, well, then they're going to stay together. But mm. the second someone feels, oh, you know, I'm not as, this isn't the best situation for me. Mm. Uh, I, there could be a better situation for me. Then often they they, they will go, and it, that's multifaceted. That's not a money thing or a belonging thing or a sense of worth thing. It's an it's an everything mm-hmm. aspect. But um, you know that, that that's that's why lawyers always say, hey, no matter who you're friends with, that you get into business with, no matter what happens, you have the contracts. Just have it laid out. Have your um, yeah. have have a a plan if it goes wrong. What's going to happen? And yeah. It just shows you the importance of having that. And I guess we didn't have that watertight, so it was there was a lot of you know back then you could just shake someone's hand and you just trust. And, and I do, I do to this day. I, I'm an extremely trusting person, and, and I do, I do trust what people say, and and um, I trust that they mean what they say. Um, and I guess with this particular occasion, I, I, I put it down to his greed. I think, um, you know, he just won such a major rollout, and it was just about greed. So it's, I mean, it's a bit of a shame. The funny story, the funny story is at the end of all this, it was about three years after that um, he ended up running the, both of his businesses into the ground. Uh, the one that I sort of ended up walking away or selling back to him um, and his own one, they went into administration, which is sad enough as what it is. It was a lot of great employees and you don't want to see anybody go through that. Even even my ex-partner, I, I felt a bit for him. Um, but at that stage, I'd always already one year into my new business. I, I had some, um, I had some capital. I ended up going to the auction and uh, buying some machinery. Did you buy? Oh, okay. I bought some machinery, bought some tools. So it was a little bit of bittersweet there. Um, but uh, you know, I don't like to rub well, salt you in never want, or anything. You yeah. never want a business to go down because no, a business no. is a community of people, correct, and, and you correct. never want that. But what the lesson may be is that well, you know, when you when you begin thinking more selfishly about yourself and a personal ego. Uh, then, uh, then about what's best for a business. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, you're not thinking about what's best. You're not leading a business. You're leading yeah. for yourself, and 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 that that may. I mean, I don't know, but it may or may not have resulted in bad decisions that yeah. could have not. A business is more than just dollars and cents, right? Yeah, you know, it's people. It's, it's values, a community. That's correct. what I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. a force. It's. I was listening to the CEO of. Uh, well, actually, if any of the listeners want to listen to other really cool interviews and stuff, my favorite interviewer. Um, is uh, David Rubenstein? Do you watch? Do you watch? I him? don't know. No. Oh, you got to watch David Rubenstein. He's incredible on YouTube. He speaks normally. He's got the show called the David Rubenstein Show, but he speaks typically at the Economics Club of the of Washington. And he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire hedge fund um, head, and his hedge fund's called Car- the Carlyle Group. And it's actually famous in the news right now. It's you know everyone's talking about oh Biden staying at billionaire hedge funds house yeah, yeah. in that that's his house. Yeah, right. But um, so he's been in the media now. But um, but he 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 
he's, he interviews all the world's leaders. So I was listening to like everyone, anyone you could think of, the heads of the largest corporations. Mm. He does these really funny interviews. Oh, check that where, out. Oh, you've got – they're my favourite. I, I, watch, I watch one every morning. And uh, this morning I was listening – yesterday I listened to the head of Bank of America. Uh, this morning I was listening to the CEO of Boeing. And a lot of the lessons that you've just said, you actually hear them. So a lot of the lessons that I'll experience and that, you know, you've mentioned – you, you hear these lessons from the heads of these giant businesses. I'm going to definitely and check that out. Yeah, That's, it's yeah. it's inc- it's really re- – and he asks them very hard questions but he's also funny. Yeah. So he asks like quite funny questions and uh, if I could interview more like him, I would be um, – yeah, I, would, I would aspire to that because I, I think he's just fantastic. So definitely check him out. Yeah, I will, I will. One of the lessons you just said then made me relate very much to like the head of Boeing saying yep. a very similar uh, yep. a similar yep. concept. But I mean, look, it's 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 a great, it's been a fantastic outcome. You know, although it was a shit time when when it happened, I wouldn't change it all at all. I mean, it's I've got a a great team now, great culture, great values. Where one of our slogans are building signs that matter, um, and it, it's it's just abs- truly wonderful. It's probably the greatest moment in in my working career and life is right now. Um, wow! It, it's look a few years ago, three or four years ago, we were just I mean, we were growing on average twenty five percent every single year, uh, year after year. This year, we're on target of about forty five percent, even with even with COVID. Um, I was always happy just to keep the business, you know, just working with some smaller builders and you know one off spoke things. It was about five six years ago. I thought, you know what? It's I really you know, I've had that I've got that passion back to really make it number one and just on this drive and and grow it and grow it. Um, so we've um, put a, at that stage it was just organised chaos. We were I still use this analogy with with the staff now. Our clients see us as like these elegant swans swimming on the water, but underneath that water we're we're all like the feet of these swans or ducks or whatever we're all frantic and running around manufacturing Muds building everywhere. these things oh it's just stuff everywhere but you know we're we're swimming gracefully above the water so it it's um it's it was organized chaos since the whole business coach and the EOS model and what it is it's brought a lot more structure into the business really helped propel us to 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 grow on a on a uh, more managed even type of level rather yeah. than Chaos. Yeah, you mentioned that right now is the greatest time you've ever been in business, the happiest you've ever been. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever thought that that correlates quite nicely with your Cub membership? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you know, Cub's been wonderful for us as well. I mean, um, during I joined, um, so I think it was a month or two after after COVID initially hit us. Um, Calvin just rung and said, "Hi, how are you?" and introduced me to Cub. And at the time, I was just looking for a little bit more. Um, you know, we had a business that was. Um, you know, it's growing fast, growing rapidly. Um, I wanted to put myself – I'd been to a few other networking um, companies and I didn't really get much out of it from the learnings point of view. Um, I was a member of EO. That was I was getting a bit out of that but I just wanted a little bit more. Um, and then after talking to Calvin, I thought, oh, wow, this sounds pretty good. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, club, you know, with CEOs and, you know, could bounce ideas off and blah, blah, blah and, and – very first meeting, just fell in love with it. It's great. And oh, you know, so I, nice I mean, I met Mark there in the first one, I think, and I met uh, – so George Hanna looks after all of our IT now. Um, I'm learning a little bit about marketing, which is probably one of my one of my weaknesses. I haven't not met not one individual I couldn't see myself not potentially doing business with. And it's a well, shame you can't use everybody, right? It's, yeah. it's, just, it's just a fantastic uh, club. It's a fantastic – bunch of people the core groups are wonderful you know even from these people that you know turn over you know millions and billions of dollars right through to the startups it's just just a wonderful experience and it's good to share and give back especially to those you know newer businesses and you can give them you know some lessons that are learned and some experience shares and, and stuff like that and uh, not only that learn from learn from other guys that have been through worse things um, and bigger things so it's just learnings and givings everywhere and it's, it really is wonderful. It's a fantastic thing. I highly recommend it to anybody. Oh, thank you. Well, we, we normally don't do big testimonies on the podcast but I wasn't going to stop you there. So, uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people say it really is. I mean, it's just um, just a great community and this you can ask anybody anything um, and the core groups, 
anyone that you ask a question to, you're probably going to get a good answer. Um, and, and it's an experience share answer, you know, from CEOs and like-minded peoples and, you know, those decision makers in the corporate companies. It's, and that's what I love about it. So. Oh, well, I mean, thank you so much. It's so kind for, for you to say that. I'm obviously very happy to do that. But you know what? I think it's because um, me and you have something very in common and that is that, uh, like you, I love what I do. I, I have a passion for just business owners. It doesn't even matter what for them. It, I don't really care about what it's for. I just really love helping business owners. And, and if Cub can create something that impacts people's lives in a good way, well, then I'm going to keep trying to do to do that. Actually, I was going to mention when you were saying um, – um, you were going to uh, do some education uh, with Jade and, and get her learning. Next year we have – I can't do an official announcement now because we're still finalising uh, terms in a partnership, but we have quite possibly the best education partnership um, um, that that Cub's involved in that is going to bring world-leading business uh, education and advisory from, uh, from, the, from the US basically here – to Australia exclusively for Cub members and you're going to have uh, access to, like I said, world-leading business education advice through the comfort of, of the clubhouses mm. with, with your fellow members. And it is going to – I'm so excited. I'm excited for it because I can't wait to – Do you tell? Can you tell? I can't. I can't. <laughs> but it's one of the world's most famous uh, uh, colleges. Yeah, well, okay. That we're, okay. Uh, that we're um, discussing with and, and as well as uh, a firm from uh, – that's very t- closely connected to that college um, – that is one of uh, globally their leaders in business um, um, consultancy, advisory, education, leadership development. Uh, this is a firm that is is, is truly world class, and um, and uh, it's all coming to to Australia through Cub. So I can't actually next say year? in next July year? it'll launch oh, in okay, July. Yeah. Okay. The, the actual launch announcement will be in March, um, but July will it, it will be incredible. Okay, it, we'll book Jade in. Yeah, my, my goal is to actually make the best um, business education program for established business owners in the country. Yeah. Um, so something that is um, uh, the, the world-leading business education. I say that because that's what Australia lacks. We don't have this high-level mm. business that the that the US, that the Americans get yeah, taught I agree. through. Like, yeah. and so that's the first thing. The second was they need to be time-effective programs mm. that fit into the schedule of someone like yourself and me. Uh, and the third is it's a h- intimate and high-end environment. So it's not an education program designed for the startups and things like that. It's mm. someone like yourself who wants to have a nice experience, learn with mm. a, a, a bunch of great people around you, have world-class um, That's exciting, facilitate. wonderful. Yeah, yeah it's really wait. cool. This is the first time I've actually spoken about it, with, yeah, even yeah, with awesome. a member, so you're the yeah, first yeah, person. Awesome. No, but, Thanks. But um, yeah, well, we just that. told all the thousand people <laughs> listening, but, but um, I'll, I'll release You'll it. you get all it, these inquiries now. It'll be really cool. Yeah, it'll be very – I'm really excited. It's one of the most – one of my favourite things happening next year but she's gonna love that and tell me your industry has it been greatly affected by COVID and how did you manage that I I, there was there was a few companies that were affected by COVID in our industry that I know some larger ones that sort of are now gone um, unfortunately Um, for us though when COVID first hit we'd lost a few staff but it was just chaotic Daniel like like, I didn't know I didn't know what the Figuring out what was going on, and um, no one knew. The good thing that come with that was we started a company WhatsApp group, and now it's still going. And um, <clears throat> we put all of our sharings on there, and people put some good things on there, bad things, and even what they're having for dinner now. So that, that was a good thing to come off that. But initially, it was just shit. Like I had no idea everyone was coming to me, what's going on, and I mean I didn't even know. So we'd lost a few staff, but then we bounced back pretty quickly. Um, but I'd like to think in our industry where we're pretty fortunate. We don't have too many lulls. We have our we have our ups and down months. But um, I'd like to think that people need branding. People need signs, and and um, retail change their image on average every five years to seven years on average. So we we find that in our industry, there's always something. There's always something new that needs to be done. So there's not too many lulls. Even during the GFC, um, although I was general managing an industry at the time, it was still busy. Because people are looking to bring more people in. So they're changing their image, changing their brand, they're changing signage. Uh, and it happens quite regularly. So we're pretty fortunate in that in that aspect. Second round of COVID didn't really affect us at all. If anything, we only just grew. Because, again, I, I think that people were just like, wow, they need to get – not that we could go outdoors or anything, but where you, when you can, people wanted to, you know, change the brand, change the image, refresh things. So they were doing all that sort of stuff. 
Um, it is quite interesting though to think that in the t- tough times or things when chaos is happening, there are a lot of restructures, changes, brand updates, yeah. re- refresh, and, and that th- then I guess benefits you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should always save for that rainy day anyway. Um, and and you know, people had people had money to spend, and um, I mean, the governments were fantastic anyway. So I mean, that was just so supportive. Um, I, I mean, agree. At all. Our government oh, did a wonderful. good job for business. Just, oh, I can imagine if they didn't do anything, how many businesses wouldn't no. be around today? There wouldn't be any. That's that's why they had to do yeah, it though, yeah. because they would literally be – the economy would have fallen. There you just can't fault any of, any of the governments at, at all. Um, so for us, initial COVID, yeah, it sort of hit us a little bit for a few months but we, we're just on this slow sort of – had a little bit of a pause. There wasn't a lot of growth but there was still some growth. Second round of COVID, it just didn't affect us at all. We just kept kept going. But not only that, we knew what we're in for. So we had planned for it. We had strategized for it. We knew we could feel it coming this time. The so second time. The second time, yep. yeah. So we were ready for it. Um, you know, worst thing about that, we just couldn't really just go outside. It was just yeah. all these processes. Life changed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And just because we're over time, to wrap up, I wanted to ask you, what you think your greatest lesson in business is to date? So, so if you could only share – one or or an extended lesson with with Jade, and she had to take over your business. What would your daughter? What would what would be your greatest lesson or lessons in business that you would share with someone? Pretend it's Jade. Oh, I'd, I'd I'd probably ask her to focus on processes and systems. I'd probably ask her to do that. Just that's what I think. I mean, you can't. I operated the business for so long without them um, because I thought I could do everything, and um, you just can't. Um, you have to have processes, you have to have systems. So, you know, we're always upgrading those. We're always finding uh, easier ways to do things. So I, I think it would have, for me it would have to be, you know, processes and, and systems. So there yeah. have, there's another difficulty is people. People's another – that's another hard thing. Um, but, I mean, we all find that. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult thing. So I, I think, um, yeah, definitely systems and processes. Um, my dad called me the other day. He's like, how's it going? I said, oh, good. I'm just trying to figure out how to run the three clubhouses and two of them are right <laughs> next to each other. And he goes, yeah, running a shopping centre is very different to running a corner shop. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, he goes, you yeah, need to have – everything needs to be a process, otherwise you, you're not growing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Awesome, Graham. I can't tell you uh, how happy I am with this with this conversation and how grateful I am to have you as a member. And thank you for the beautiful words you said about Cub. Uh, it's, it's always beautiful for me to hear. Um, uh, to our listeners, uh, if you want to learn more about Graham, uh, go to cub.club forward slash podcast and you can find uh, a favourite book, favourite quote, uh, contact, LinkedIn, website details, absolutely everything you need. If you want to catch up with Cub on social media, go to at Club of United Business on Instagram and you can see a bunch of wickedly awesome stuff. Graham, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Daniel, and uh, part of the club. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy the show.